Grand Canyon University makes earning your degree possible with over 130 academic programs for traditional campus students with more than 80 bachelor's programs offered online. GCU provides you with the personal support you need from complimentary unofficial transcript evaluations within 24 business hours to scholarships, academic support, and your GCU graduation team led by your own university counselor. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Gee, you're muted. <laughs> Leave it in. That's good. Don't we love women in STEM? <laughs> oh my god. That's the perfect clip to start off a drunk uh survivor. <laughs> so like, yep, you're muted. <laughs> Off the rails immediately. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Slosh the f- <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to Slosh Survivor, silent podcast, drunk history, recap of the one and only Survivor franchise. You've seen or heard of drunk history. You've definitely seen Survivor, if you're listening to this. And uh, now you are going to be one of the fortunate few to get both. In this wonderful recap, we are going to attempt to recreate a drunk survivor, uh, drunk history recap, very short of the reenactments, because like we don't got the budget for that, let's be honest. And I am so excited to be talking about this in our first episode. Our first theme is blind sides. They are the bread and butter of Survivor. They are the thing that makes the show what it is, the moments that we wait for, the downfalls that we pray for. I am so excited to finally put this project into like a fully realized podcast episode. And I could not have picked better people to join me on this first episode. Joining me today are the one and only oddly enough the two people that if you were like Gia what podcasters do you want to get drunk with at any time I'd be like it's these two immediately it is Naomi Calhoun and Chappelle hi hey. hello <laughs> cheers Naomi. to you Gia cheers to Gia thank you for bringing us oh, together man. to drink it it's been months since we drank together y'all it's been oh, a it's- month and it's yeah, been far too long <laughs> Several months. It's been a year. It's been it's been 84 years since mm-hmm. we've last drank together. It feels like that because, listen, I I don't know if you guys knew, but I was very drunk at the Survivor <sighs> finale watch party. And I had a great time. I miss getting drunk with you guys. And now we are here doing it on recorded audio. I love that for us. Um. This story goes that somebody, certainly not me, um, stole a bottle of champagne out of the VIP area at Bryson Wendell Presents, but I don't know who it could have been, um, and I just know that the champagne was delicious. I don't know that story. I was there, I promise. I just don't remember much of it, but I will take y'all's <laughs> yeah. word for it that we had a blast, and I think we're going to have a great time this time, too. Yeah, for sure. I also imagine that we had a great time. Guys, we're here. We're finally getting to do this episode that we have been talking about for a while. And I knew these three moments were the things that I wanted to talk about in this episode. When we're talking about like my three, three of my favorite blind sides of all time, 
these are the three that come in mind. And I'm so happy that I'm going to be able to talk about it with you guys. But also, I need to ask, like, what are we drinking tonight? Um, I'm drinking everything at once. I, I have uh, <laughs> decided. I made a cocktail a few days ago, and it's just been simmering and just, you know, hanging out in the fridge. And so I decided to drink what? said cocktail. It, it's um, it's it's wine based, and then there's a wine lot of vodka based. in it as well. Yeah, it's a ton of it's, vodka. It's gr- Juice based, yeah, grape juice, <laughs> grape juice based, based. with age with vodka, for several years, yeah, age for several days, and then um, so so lemonade mix, not the actual water. There's no water in this drink. It's just no. wine vodka. Don't stay hydrated. Mix. Go yeah. home. Why would we ruin it for water? Exactly. I sprinkled a little sprite in there, just a little bit, but that's Ooh. that's that's what I got going on. Just sprite for 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 color, you know. <laughs> Have you guys um, seen that video on HBO where it's like a Negroni Spagliato? With yeah, yeah. I'm it's on like that. It's yeah, like yeah. that, but whatever the hell Chappelle just said. Just I need a version of that. It's it's, it's red wine based with <laughs> vodka with a Sprite, sprite Spagliato. Yeah. Yes. I'm just drinking beer like a like a blue collar, you know, white collar, blue collar, no collar. I'm drinking beer. Um, some beer that my friend left in my fridge. Oh, it's an IPA. I, I, I like that. Wait, open. what's the alcohol content? But put the oh, can uh, six point one. You know, I had to bring oh. it to this. this episode. I love it. I love it. I am drinking. So I told you guys about this rosé before we came on. Ask me again about this rosé. Say, Gia, how is this rosé? Gia, yeah. how is this rosé? It tastes like shit, which is why <laughs> I put orange juice in it as well. And now I have like a rososa, like a mimosa, but a rosé. I don't know what the official term would be, like what its government name would be, but it's okay. An amorosa is what they call it, you know? An amorosa. <laughs> Stop mm-hmm. it. I love that. I love it. Oh, my God. Queen, one day we'll talk about amorosa on this podcast. I don't know how, but I'll <laughs> go work it in. <laughs> yes, I'll find a way to work it in. So, guys. We are talking about three of our favorite blind sides in Survivor history. And there's like a lot, obviously. And like blind sides are the best part about Survivor. It's the thing we look forward to. It's the thing we want to see happen. We love when it happens to the to our like to our villains or to the people that we are just like praying for their downfall. We hate when it happens to our heroes, our favorites, but this is like our best, like the best part of Survivor. So like what makes a great blind side for you guys? I think the best part of a blind side is when you don't actually know if it's going to happen as a viewer. When you're mm-hmm. sitting there watching your TV, I think about we're gonna talk about a different blind side in the season. But Christian Hubicki's face, when the Jessica Pete vote is going through, and he's just staring at, at the camera, and, and, and <laughs> I'm sure Mark Burnett's like, zoom in, zoom in, zoom in. But <laughs> enhance, enhance. enhance. <laughs> that is the moment, my favorite feeling of watching Survivor, when you don't know what's going to happen. It's, it's like a 4-4 vote, and this last vote is going to determine what happens. I live for those Survivor moments. Mm-hmm, I'd agree. You got a blindside me, too. I can't, I can't mm. see it coming. Uh, 
I think the newer the newer era of Survivor does a better job of that because they just don't show us anything that happens on the show anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so, so sometimes you'll watch an episode and be like, what? That person went? Why? And then you have to figure it out later on. But I love it. I love when I'm looking at two people thinking it's one of you. And then all of a sudden the votes start coming in and I look equally as shocked. Like you get the Edgardo mouth drop for me, you know, or like, you know, somebody, uh, you know, like these, all these iconic reactions that the jury is giving, I'm giving those at home. I have to have those moments or it's not a real blind side to me. I feel very similarly. Like I don't necessarily care if I am in on the blind side or not, but Ooh. I want it to be a big production. Like, this is a theater performance. Like, let the theater come in. I want it to be a big deal. I want it to have all these moving parts to it. The best blind sides are the ones that produce these iconic moments. And the ones that I remember either from it's like the one-liners or whatever the strategy was at the time or just like the the bigger production that this is in terms of like the more moving pieces that are playing a part in the blind side, the more that I am going to love it. And I'm talking about my favorite episode of Survivor ever Whoa. in this episode. Ever. Yes. I, I, shocking. It's from Fiji. But I like there are some other like particular blind sides that I could think of in my head where it's like this was a production. This was a whole performance. It had an intro, uh, you know, what? What's the middle part in a theater? Uh, a scene. It had several scenes in it. It, had an inter- <laughs> it did have scenes. <laughs> it had it's scenes in scenes. it. It had. I went to performing arts school. Can you tell? Mm. It had an intermission. It was some like cute camp life segment. It had like a climax and a conclusion, and we're all just like, "Oh my god, that was the best thing ever!" And that's me every time I watch the episode that I am going to be talking about. Is just amazing. The best parts. I'm so happy for you, Gia. And I'm happy for me, too, because I love Survivor. You know what I mean? Like, there's no two people I'd rather be talking about, like, the stupidest moments in my life where I'm, like, off the couch hooting and hollering than you two. I I feel the same way, 100%. And, like, same though, because you guys are the best. And I just need to let you both know that before you I make I really enjoy getting drunk. And so if y'all wanted to talk about sloshed Big Brother, sloshed fucking America's Next Top Model, I'd have been here. Okay. I, I'm getting drunk anytime. I don't know. I feel like okay. Oh no, okay, wait. So what would what would the drunk version of Big Brother be called? It'd be like like bamboozled big i don't know we need to think of like an, we called, need to workshop this it'd be yeah. called like i uh, 10 second file or something like that. Bro- yes like- boozy big brother yes and <laughs> then or and then i already got it figured out inebriated america's next top noddle i'm telling you look you know I don't people have water in their thing. countries yeah, I, look, I don't want to steal your whole thing, but uh, I'm telling you, I might just start a YouTube channel and just get drunk and talk about everything. You can come. Listen, I promise. This is combining all my favorite things, which is drinking, and I have mm-hmm. had several drinks today, in case you can't tell, and 
Yeah, I know. I know. It's shocking. I hold it very well. I like maintain my composure very well. Um, And Survivor, particularly my favorite episodes of Survivor. And I selfishly picked three of the blind sides that I like the best. It may not be everyone's favorite blind side. Like, I'm sorry, we are not talking about Kageon here because I don't care. And but they are my favorites. And I'm sure they are someone else's favorites out there as well. Absolutely. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Naomi, do you have a favorite blindside that we're not talking about today? Uh, the it, the emotional blindside of when Natalie got back into Winners at War from Edge of Extinction. Yeah. I, because I, that was the funniest moment of, of, of Survivor as a show where the whole show is about once you're voted out, you're voted out. And then it's the all winner season and the woman who was voted out first comes back into the game. And you're just like, I cannot believe what's happening right now. And everybody who's, you know, the five, six people left in the game are just like, are you fucking kidding me? And it's just <laughs> Michelle. Michelle's just like, woo! Like, it's so good. That was that like the only... I felt blindsided. By far the only good moment in Winners at War. That part. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was the only about. moment that I was like, oh my God, Tony or Sarah might not win. Yeah. Uh, we could have had nice things. We could have <laughs> had nice. I'm sorry, but like it should have been illegal to air that season, consciously air that season when I had nothing else to do because we were all in quarantine. I'm sorry. It's just like you forced me to watch Tony win again. Mm-hmm. It's like the NBA season where they did it in the COVID bubble. It doesn't really count. Like it's an asterisk, yeah. you know, it's like oh, it happened, but yeah. it's not canon. Yeah. I understand why some people love winners at war. I just will never be one of them. And I'm sorry. And like, yeah, I'm not a Republican. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. It just is not, it's not for me. It's not for the girl, the girlies that get it, get it. And the ones that don't, don't like don't. winners at war and won't be on this podcast. It's fine. <laughs> All right, Chappelle, what is your favorite blindside that we are not talking about this episode? Oh, I don't know if it's my favorite, but I can never forget the day that uh, Queen Marianne revealed herself to all of us. <laughs> and, uh, you know, a little somebody named Omer got uh, his ass handed to him. <laughs> and I love that moment because Omer is pretty smug. They're going after Jonathan, I believe. He finally doesn't have immunity. So it's pretty straightforward. They, sh- they should go ahead and get him. There's a couple, like, there's a decoy plan out there that people want Romeo out. But Marianne's like, yeah, about that. I kind of want to get Omer out, and I need this to happen right now. She has to convince Mike and Jonathan to both vote with her. She has an extra vote. They won't listen to her because they're not that good at Survivor. <laughs> and so um, she takes matters into her own, own hands. She convinces them. She uses the extra vote. And then Omer's face as the votes come in. He's like, first he's confused. Well, first he's more like, hmm, they voted for me. Then he's a little confused. And he looks at Marianne and says, did you do this? And she says, I did. And I yeah. fall up to the floor, scream as he gets eliminated. He was a good sport about it. But man, that, yeah, it was me. That 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 moment, yeah. I did every time it gets me. Queen Marianne. The, the Oleana Tyrell, like, meme in my head, but just like Marianne's face plastered over, where she's just like, tell Omer, tell the jury, I want them to know it was me. That's yes. what I picture. It was so perfect. Good. Perfect time. Oh my God. We, do you remember where you were when Marianne was crowned as the second black woman to ever win Survivor? Because I do. I was in my condo, living my best life, crying. 
I, I was at St. Pat's with Jordan Kalish and a, and a bunch of the gang. And I just remember thinking to myself, like, I do think Marianne could win. I remember I had called my shot to somebody earlier in the week. And I was like, I think Marianne's winning. And they're like, you're out of your mind. And I was like, I don't know. I think she's so good at the game. And everybody else left is either like a Romeo, God bless him, and a Jonathan. Or it's like, do you think Mike's going to win? Do you think Omer's going to win? And it's just like, I think it's Marianne. I think ah! it's Marianne. See, that sounds like a lot of downers over there that are like, Marianne can't win. Like, what planet are you on? Because I went into that finale being like, there's no way she doesn't win. Hmm. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I got up on the, the desk in my house and started to twerk at some point. Uh, I knew it. because I, I drafted Marianne, damn it. I knew that. I was I was like, come on, you got to do this. And I, I had, there was a whole grenade twist going on in that draft. For people who are familiar, you are already know what's up but the people who don't know i needed that win damn it and she delivered uh it was great it was great i'm so happy yeah. and she's amazing winner so this was that was the perfect blind side for me for so many reasons you all were lucky that i was not in public when marianne won because when, <laughs> you would have been like the people in philly where they go climb the pole out in the streets the and people that over a cop car that would have been yeah. awesome I would have flipped over a cop car myself if Mary, if I was in public when Marianne won. I was by myself in my condo, living my best life. Now, when I was, I was on my shit when Jam Jam won. Like mm-hmm. I was, I was feeling myself. But when Marianne won, like it's not even a question. I was, I was acting a fool, like party of one, acting a fool, and I was so happy to see her win. And even though this is not a blindside that we are talking about today, but I was living my best life during it, and it was great. It was a fantastic moment. It was, it was just amazing. I loved every moment of it. I had something else I wanted to ask you guys. Oh, yeah. Yep. I remember. I remember. I remember. So, guys, if you are on Survivor, like whether or not you have aspirations to go on Survivor is irrelevant to this question. And you got a reward. Like Jeff comes out with a temptation during a challenge and it's just one alcoholic beverage. Like what is your drink of choice when you are on Survivor? When you are on Survivor, it does not have to be like what your drink of choice would be like at a bar. Ooh, I don't know. Cause at a bar, people people who know they know. I, yeah. I get whiskey at a bar. Right, we can talk. Allergic to yeah. tequila. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Mess Tequila's with tequila. nasty. I'm sorry. Like it's. I'll drink it. I'll drink it if I'm forced to. But it's just not. It's just not great. I do not but, agree with that. I do. That is not my ministry. Tequila is not nasty. I just miss <laughs> it. It's bad for me, and that's why I don't drink it. Yeah, but that's very fair. <laughs> Um, but like, okay, so like, what would be your drink of choice at a bar? And what is your drink of choice if you were like on Survivor? Like, what is your choice if you are on the island? I'm a gin and tonic girly. But if I'm on the island, and Jeff Probst is like, it's a glass of red, or actually, to me, it's Jonathan LaPaglia. That's my dream, right? It's mm. hot Australian. Uh, like, that is a fine host. Right. It's a glass of red wine. I'd be like, thank you so much. You must save my life. <laughs> Look, I love getting drunk on the beach. Uh, I'm a passion fruit mimosa on the beach type person, you know. And so, Ooh! yeah, I thought you were going to gonna say sex on the beach. No, no, that's look, that's basic. We look, you yeah. go to an, a nice little island location, get you a passion fruit mimosa, kick your feet up, and, and enjoy your your life. Okay, so that's yes. what I would have. But yeah, at the bar, I'm drinking whiskey. I don't, I typically don't drink anything that is lighter than me, and so uh, whiskey <sighs> always. <laughs> How tacky would I be if I'm like, I want a sex on the beach. Right. On- like everybody like, boo. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, <laughs> the car. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> this bluesy. 
I'm just kidding. My drink of so my drink of choice at a bar is a Moscow Mule. I feel like that is very like it's basic, but it's delicious and it's a good like placeholder drink for until I think of something else that I want. Moscow Mule drink of choice. However, if I'm picking like a drink to have on Survivor, I feel like you gotta go with a pina colada. Like it's just like. If I am like the height of my survivor career would be drinking a pina colada on Fiji because we don't go anywhere else now. Well, if we're trying to recreate a famous survivor moment, I'm going full Davy and I'm dumping a beer on my head. Yes. That is also yes. very fair. Or going bing and just. Yes. Yes. Drunk Davy and drunk Carl on the beach is iconic. I would love to. That's the only way I would that go on survivor. If you can assure me. That there's going to be a time where I can drink. If I go on Survivor and I go home before the alcohol starts to come out, it's a waste. Erase the season. It didn't happen. Yeah. You would clean Also, okay. That. Also that, though, because my favorite part, the only thing I care about on reward challenges, besides Casa de Charmin, because that was iconic, but, like, people getting wasted at their rewards. Like, the bread and butter of what Survivor is about. Like, if you cannot get inebriated on the islands of Fiji, why are you even there? Can I go get a beer? Yeah, I actually also are you going to dump it on yourself? Hold on, I'll be. No, I'm going to get a beer real quick because I I have been craving beer and I'm almost out of wine, and I was out of wine in the bottle. Mm. So I'll be right back. Hold on. I just want to talk about how this these trulies are the grossest fucking things in the world. What kind is that? Wait, what kind of Strawberry hibiscus. They're so sweet. That just... sounds really good, but okay. Yeah. I just not... had some high Very noons. Sweet. Listen, G, this is okay. my pl- this is my commercial while you're going to get your stuff. <laughs> okay. Um, I just had some high noons at the bar. Those were delicious. High noons are great. White Claw's great. Trulies, I can feel the aspartame killing my liver. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm back. I went and got a woke beer called bud light yeah <laughs> it's so woke i have to support it yes Happy I got, okay so one time my sister oh fuck hold on my my microphone fell hold on give me a second sorry anyway my sister and her boyfriend stayed over my house and her boyfriend because like he was new at the time he left me all of these beers so but now he's not new anymore so like we're friends now but he left me a grapefruit IPA, and I'm going to try it for the first time. So this is very exciting for the Survivor community, I'm sure. It's important. It's not my, bad. My, All right. He it, can stay. Good. Look, I told my family, I cannot hang out with you all this evening because I have a serious <laughs> podcast to do. I have to work. And uh, God forbid some of them show up and see that I am here uh, on drink number three for tonight. And we have not started talking about Survivor yet. We have not. No, we have not. Wait. Okay. So I'm going to go pee real quick. But guys, <laughs> wait, talk about what drinks you have had in the past day. And I'll fill in with mine in a second. Hold on. Naomi, you've been drinking this weekend. Okay, okay. I just want to talk about something, Chappelle. I want to talk about, like, I, I think it's a party foul, but I don't care. If okay. I bring, like, a 12-pack to your house to celebrate, mm-hmm. right, I'm taking some of them back home with me. Like, I'm not... <laughs> when I brought them to you, and that's good, but I don't think you need all 12 of these White Claws. If there's leftovers, I want one or two for back home. 
I, I kind of understand that. It's not my ministry. That's not how I move. But I do I do get the urge because I'm like, for me, I'm like, I brought 12. That was my gift to you. Now I am bringing 12 and I'm going to drink off of that 12 while I'm here. And yeah. so my goal is like, yes, that is our 12. But whatever whatever I don't manage to drink, that's on me. That's because I, I wasn't on my game. So I don't take anything home. It's just to remind me next time to do better. If you brought 12 beers and you only drank three, what are you? A Mormon? You know, like you got to do better. Not a Mormon. Yeah, I imagine they don't drink many of beers. Who, who's the who's the favorite Mormon survivor player? Is it Nalia? Is she a Mormon? Ty, Tyson? Tyson. Oh, duh. Tyson. Is he still Mormon? Is pickleball allowed to be played by Mormons? I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I'd have to I'd have to check the uh, the book. <laughs> yeah. The, yeah, the yeah, book yeah. You'd have to go to the Broadway show and ask. I literally have the Book of Mormon. I'm not joking. Uh, Why? I used to work at this. Oh, I'm in Texas, and so I used to mm-hmm. work at this place. And uh, and they and no, this guy got re- like he got retired. You know how they tell people that they got it. They, oh yeah, you should retire. And he's like, no, but they're like, no, you you have yeah, to you retire. Retire, yeah. Yeah, and he was upset, and so he decided to leave and leave a bunch of people parting gifts who he thought needed to be closer to um, a god. Mm-hmm. And um, I was one of the people who got a parting gift. I was 23. And I got uh, right on my desk, I found the Book of Mormon. Me and the other Black girl who was in the office, we both had the Book of Mormon sitting on our desk. And I, she was uh, offended. I love gifts. And so I was so happy to have it that I still have it sitting over there. Okay. Also, okay. So I will say Todd from Survivor China. Oh, also there, is Mormon. Mormon. I knew there was more than one. Yes. You know? So I think he's also in contention there. But like... <laughs> Mormon contestants kind of slay on Survivor. I'm sorry. They low-key are really, really good. Oh, my God. Okay. There's just a lot of great blindsides in Survivor, and we know that. But we are going to be talking about three specifically. So first one is The Fall of the Row 2-4, which you may know as John Carroll's blindside, his vote out in Survivor Marquesas. The second one is Sir, um, <laughs> The Fall. That's the one I'm doing. <laughs> The uh, Fall of the Four Horsemen in Survivor Fiji, otherwise known as the It's a Turtle episode, otherwise known as the Edgardo Blindside, my favorite episode in Survivor history, and I'm so fucking excited to talk about it. And then finally, the one of our most recent blindsides of epic proportions, the Brachachos Blindside, the John Hannigan Blindside, um, for those of you unaware, and Naomi will be covering that one. So I'm very excited to be talking about this. Um, Chappelle, we're going to start with you. I'm going to mute myself because I feel like I'm going to chuckle too much. Or <laughs> do I do I mute I myself? Like a la- no, I like question. a laugh track. I okay, like okay. Track. All right. I'm keeping myself off mute, but I'm going to try to be quiet until absolutely necessary. Okay. All right. Uh, okay. I'm Chappelle, and I'm going to talk to you about the fall of the Road 2-4. Look. I'm not as drunk as I might seem, so I, I'm gonna I'm gonna be able to recall this one. I promise. The episode starts where we review that Boston Rob just got sent home, right? And everyone's in shock because you know, like Boston Rob, oh, that guy, he he's never gonna play Survivor again. He he sucked. He's awful, he's awful. You know, I hate to see him on my screen again. Never again. No, not no Siri Bob. Anyway, so. We move forward and everybody's talking about the fact that they're on the jury and that Sean has to go because he sucks. They hate Sean so much, blah, blah, blah. I don't know why they hate Sean, but for some reason, it's just something about Sean that they just, it just doesn't sit right with this group of people. Uh, he, start, he starts farting and stuff and they're like, 
oh no, you got, you're farting, you got flatulence, so you gotta go. So everybody's targeting Sean, except for maybe V because she's awesome. Um, and they, they start to talk about how the bad vibes are all gone now that Boston Rob's not around being an asshole. They go jump in a waterfall and all that stuff. And then Kathy goes and talks to, to Zoe and point blank, just ask her like, hey, uh, what's up? You What do you think? What, what's going on here? Am I, am I, are we next? Like, what's happening? Because it feels like I was next. And she's like, no. What? We're going to get rid of Sean and V. Duh, they're black. <laughs> so then after that, we're going to go after Pascal and Leah. And then you, Kathy, then you. No worries. There's no alliance here. That's just what we're going to do. So Kathy's like, I think she lied to me. I think that they are going to get rid of me. Uh, and there's a pecking order and I don't like it, but whatever. I can't prove anything. I just need to make sure that it's Sean and not me. Who knows? So they go to the waterfall, they get the picnic gear, and then they have to build a kite because this is one of the top five dumbest challenges in Survivor history. You know, you have to fly a kite. That's it. And um, Kathy knows she needs Pascal to turn with her. Um, they're building their kites and stuff. And she cannot get Pascal to see the light. He thinks, yeah, so what if we go after Sean and V? At least we're after Sean and V because God forbid we work with the black folk. I refuse to work with the black people. I'm God Pascal. told you so. God told you so. He said, what's up? I'm Pascal. I don't want to work with Sean because I don't know why. I just know I don't want to work with their black asses. So she knows she can't do it, uh, but he's okay. He's okay with losing. Jeff ends up telling them at a challenge, hey, I got a Snickers, and you all have to compete for this one Snickers. Because back in the old days, they actually used to starve these people. <laughs> and a Snickers was the best they got. They divided the Snickers into six or seven or eight ways or whatever, however many people are left in this game. And then they just give it to them like, here, taste this. If you win this, you could have an actual whole one of these. Like, oh, my God, the stakes are so high. So they go into the flight kite flying challenge, and Kathy wins. So this is good because now she gets to go snorkeling and there's some fish and all kinds of stuff. Um, so Sean is vulnerable and he's trying to get people to understand that if he goes or if he wins immunity, they're next. And one of them is going to have to like, are going to have to be an option once he's gone. Uh, but Pascal is just like, oh yeah, that's Sean. He's trying all these wacky Negro hijinks to get everybody to start like to, uh, to, to vote incorrectly and stuff. And this is very interesting to watch because Pascal's an idiot. And so <laughs> Kathy ends up bringing back, he brings, she brings back the Snickers bar. And she's like, look, y'all, I got this for you because I'm Kathy. And I think this would be nice, but also it could be a bribe. I, I can imagine somebody voting for you because you brought them a, a part of a Snickers one time. It's much better than bringing them a piece of Tic Tac that you put in your mouth, but that's later on in the season. Um, so John Carroll's like, no, it's not. Kathy, I'm not voting for you. That's, uh, I mean, you're not, you're not, that's not saving you in this game, whatever, but it's fine. I'm about to win because for some reason, Pascal and Aaliyah want me to win the game. They've decided, John, John is the person who should win. We're just here. All hail it. John. All hail John, which, okay. As long as it's not Pascal, I'm okay with that, honestly. <laughs> Sean says he has to get Kathy committed to getting Pascal and Aaliyah to, float, to flip because there's just no way Pascal will work with Sean directly. So he's got to go through Kathy. She has to be his white avatar, like his cat's paw, his Kathy's paw. So he should go in there and just make this, uh, this flip happen. And uh, Kathy hates John and Tammy. She's like, uh, I'm over them. They're, they're going to win the game. I can't figure out how to win because Pascal sucks. And it's obnoxious, and I don't like that. 
But Nalia doesn't want to make waves. She's like, Kathy, if you speak up, they're going to vote you out today instead of in three days when they're going to vote you out. So, you know, this is it's uphill battle for Kathy. She doesn't really know what she's doing. But again, Pascal says he ain't aligning with Sean because this game ain't fair. Some people got to lose and he's okay if it's him as long as they ain't Sean. So John Carroll is starting to feel vulnerable. And Pascal says, no worries, John. You ain't got nothing to worry about because I would never let you go. They do this whole coconut challenge. And it's very clear. Like this is God beating Pascal over the head with this idea that you are going to go home next, you idiot. And they watch their entire alliance basically get decimated as the other alliance does not even target each other. Road to four just like bands together and they all just target the people that they want out even though they're not in the majority. So it's very clear that something has to be done. Finally, Nalia ends up, like, basically, she outlasted them all in challenge, but she's the one who has to go and talk to Pasco and say, Pasco, come on, man. I get it. You gave John Carroll your word in this game. And for some strange, odd reason, you just think that Sean, of all people winning this game, would be an embarrassment to Survivor, as if there hasn't been more embarrassing things on this show to this point. Uh, and you have to vote with me because we are going to lose, and I don't want to lose. I didn't come here to just start playing today, even though I just started playing today. So the challenge, they got cocky. They're all too forth. They were feeling themselves, and they really thought they had this in the bag. But this is where we get the blind side that we are looking for, because although Tammy has immunity, uh, the uh, the alliance of Pascal, Nalia, Sean, Kathy, and V all vote out John Carroll, who is sent home crying. Uh, John Carroll, who I, I don't have any real issue with John Carroll. I, I love that John Carroll was playing so hard, but John Carroll taking this L was is so sweet to me because he didn't see it coming. They had already told him that they wanted him to win. This is not like normal Survivor where it's like there's a clear person who is going to win. The tribe had decided, look, JT, we just want you to beat us all. You know, prior to JT even existing in the world of Survivor, this was the first JT. But um, the, the other alliance decided, nope, they wanted to get rid of him. And on his way out, Sean delivers like one of the best confessionals of all time, where he basically says, don't play with my black ass. And that's it. That's the fall of John Carroll. That's the best blind side in Survivor history. It's great. It's the first one. It shows us that these things can happen. And then after this, we have a slew of other blind sides to follow. So that is my drunk Survivor history moment. Thank you. Chappelle, why is this blind side, like the blind side of all blind sides? Like, what is the impact of this moving well, for forward? One, for one, Pacepia wins. And so yeah. we need yes! that. I just wanted a reminder that Vesepia wins. Just just in case you missed it, Vesepia wins. But also, this shows people that you don't have to remain at the bottom of the alliance and lose to people just because you're there. It also shows people that, hey, you too could align with the Black people and go further in the game. You could try, I promise. And so, Pascal learned a valuable lesson. He also paid for his sins later on in the the game by drawing a rock because God had finally gotten fed up. Love and when God like intervenes in such a way that leads to Vesepia Towery winning a million dollars, and then down the Personally. line, Pascal getting <laughs> sent to jail. Just yeah. no, I think he was. Disbarred. I think he was just fired. But I'll cut this part out, so it's fine. Do you have to look? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what I'm legally obligated to do. 
But yeah, that's it. That's the fall of Road to Four right. and the fall of John Carroll. After that, we yes. have an avalanche of Road to People just go home. And then we're left with the, the alliance that I came here to see. Uh, and then uh, shenanigans happen. There's some good moves by Vesepia because she is the best player in the season. And it shows. One day, we're going to have a Drunk History episode about just Vesepia and her journal because queen behavior. Am I Cheers. right? Am I right? Yes. <laughs> She's a genius. She's the moment. And I think her and she Sean, is the moment. Uh, not taking it on the chin. Like, I think for three seasons now, we've seen people who are outside of the alliance just say, okay, I guess it's my time. Whatever. Bye. Like, good for them. Good for them. And Kathy. I am Kathy's so alive. obsessed. I am so obsessed with Sean and Vesepia. It's like not even fair. Like if you tell me name a dynamic duo, it's just them. And like other people are obviously going to come to mind, but those are the main two. Mm -hmm. I I love this blind side because uh, it just shows how dumb some people are. And that it does really take a monumental like uh, effort to get certain people to play Survivor good. Some people would just never be good players. And then you have to have people play for them. Um, And there's a lot of time where outside influences make you play the game a certain way and you know we see over and over again how sean would be such a horrible winner of this game he would be such an embarrassment i would you know i i put my life on this i my my, i put my word that i would never go further with sean and then he goes further with sean so you know like that's why i like it's the fall of john Carroll, but in a lot of ways it's the fall of pascal too because after this i could not trust him anymore like this was it he voted correctly this time but i would never forget it, it's like everyone says, let he without sin cast the first stone, and then he who has sinned a lot throw purple rocks at him until he can no longer win a million dollars. Stone him. I love it. I love it. I love it. Marques, this is such a good season. I need to rewatch it at some point. Naomi, I know you were recently on the Stanama podcast, and it's not Stanawatu anymore. Stanawatu? Yeah. <laughs> The Stanima podcast, and I know it because I just listened to it in depth, but also because Chappelle and I will be on in a future episode. That I oh, I saw the guest list. It's it's the guest list is elite. Let me tell you, I'm very excited for it, and also just like a plug for Christine Palin in general, just a fabulous human being with fabulous podcasts. Just like correct, go correct, listen correct. to her and the Stanima podcast. I've been rewatching Panama, and it's been the highlight of my life so far. <laughs> I feel like Stan- Panama is one of those seasons where you see, like, Suri and Bob. It, it, like, there's there's so much discourse to be had that, like, I didn't even get to delve into. But, like, these Survivor seasons where they will cast, like, exactly two African-American contestants and then be like, okay, I hope you can survive this social situation with about a thousand white people. And you're just like, oh, my God. Like, this is crazy. Crazy that they didn't I... think for one second to change this up at all. I'm obsessed. Obviously, Suri. Like, I'm obsessed with Suri. But just, like, everyone's obsessed with Suri. But then, like, Bob Dog is also a hilarious contestant to have on a show. And I'm just very obsessed with Panama as a whole. Like, it's such a good season. I can't wait to talk. Chappelle, we're going to be talking about it in depth. And I'm so excited. Yes. When I was a wee lad, I used to dream of going on Survivor and being the only Black person in the season. And Guatemala happened. And I was pissed. I was like, that was my moment. Um <laughs> And I, I know I could have, I, and I still, I would have won that season, y'all, because it, I, I just feel like if Danny Boatwright can fly on the radar, they wouldn't even see my black ass coming. And so uh, I've always wanted to be that. But yeah, it's very fascinating that they're like, okay, we put two black people in here. 
it's fair. This is fair. And don't yeah. even get me started on the Asian contestant. They're like, well, okay, we got one this decade. So you should be fine, right? You should be okay. Um, My talking tray is sincerely believing that I would win Survivor Guatemala. Like, no yes. bullshit. I As truly think person. I have. Yes. I got it. I'm telling you, I got it. It's been easy. It's very fair. It's very fair. If I feel like I had to pick a season of Survivor that I would win. Oh my god, I have to think about that. I wouldn't win Fiji. I feel like Earl would just like be miles ahead of me. I think too highly of him and Cassandra and Dreams. But if I had to pick a season, I'd be like, I would definitely win this season. Hmm. I gotta think about it. Maybe one of the early seasons. Like maybe if like Africa or Thailand was still like I feel like I personally You got a course correct, girl, because look, you're saying this, but like misogyny is real and no like, i per i feel like i could fix thailand i single-handedly think I, I, like, I single-handedly think i could fix thailand oh i would be no. in jail if i was on thailand because the way i would have tackled somebody into the i would have been i personally think i would have physically been ejected from thailand because i would have mm-hmm. fought so many people there like i personally would have been the person choking people out in that season but would it not have made it better? Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah, exactly. Like, my toxic trait is that I think I could fix Survivor Thailand in full. I love that. that. that I got to yes. say, that's the most toxic thing I've heard. And that's how you know we're drunk. I have we're like, so- you know what? I If Jeff Probst just gave me the wheel for, like, one season, I could fix I this it. show. If Survivor, gave, if Survivor cast me on Survivor Thailand, I just think it would at least be a top 20 season. Like, and I yeah, feel like I could fix it. How old were you in, like, 2002? I was seven. Thank you for asking. <laughs> there we go. Thank you. I constantly think about this too. Just like I was like this age, but in 2002, would like brought I would knock Brian Heidek off his ass at that point. Like I, I would just smoke everyone in that game. I truly believe it. But I also think I would live. I would win last gasp if I got the chance. And also that is also a toxic trait because I hate swimming. Yeah. None of these challenges are made for me. I lose all these challenges these cha- all the time. Okay. If I had to pick, though, I think, like, if I was, like, this is a challenge you would win, I think I would win the food eating challenge. I feel like I just don't have reservations when it comes to food that other mm-hmm. people would. I could probably win this kite flying challenge that I just talked about. The kite flying <laughs> Your recap was amazing. And I also feel like I honestly, though, I would not win the kite flying challenge. I am very realistic about that. But like eating food, I feel like I could do that pretty handedly because some of these people are so picky. Like I could eat a pig's now. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. I tear that shit up. Yeah. Any of the pork products or like I couldn't or like fish, like I couldn't eat a fish eye. I could eat a fish eye. I'm sorry. Like <laughs> that would be down in seconds. I just I am just built different. I'm sorry. I have watched strangers in a park eat crickets and balloons. Yeah. And let me tell you, that shit's going nowhere near my fucking mouth. You know who's exceptional at eating challenges <laughs> is Jordan Kalish. That man has a gullet like a fucking like like stainless steel factory. It's incredible. Chappelle's looking at me like I'm crazy. I'm sorry. (laughs) It's like this bitch. Anyway, no. I (laughs) guys, I love you both so much. (laughs) Anyway. Amen. 
Amen. Okay, guys, I think it's my turn. Are it you guys is. ready? Okay. It. Hello, everyone. My name is Gia Worthy, and I am talking about the fall, the four horsemen. So this is Survivor Fiji, a.k.a. my favorite season ever. So, like, obviously, like, you're going to want to remember this later because it comes up. But Survivor Fiji is in a very precarious time at this point because they just lost icon Michelle Yee because dreams vote her out because, like, it's the better decision for him. But as a whole, like, we are mourning for our queen right now. But. We are in the Survivor Fiji era. Like, Survivor Fiji, great season. Watch Fiji forever. You guys are all wrong about Survivor Fiji being a bottom-tier season. Just reminding you all in case you're like, why are we talking about Survivor Fiji? Like, it's a good season. Shut up. So, in the episode, It's a Turtle. It's the second episode after the merge. But it's kind of fake merge because they split up into teams of two and then voted out one person. But there are two very clear alliances at this point. There's the syndicate, which is Earl, our king. Cassandra, our queen. Yao Man, Stacy, and Boo. And on the other side is the four horsemen, which is Alex, Edgardo, and Mookie. And then you're like, but Gia, there's, you said four horsemen. So who's the other person? I'm like, well, in the middle between these two fantastic alliances is our king, Dreams Heard, who has a really strong bond with Cassandra, but is also in a very good position with the four horsemen right now because he is in alliance with Alex, Edgardo, and Mookie. So he is the fourth of the four horsemen. Now, on the other hand, there's also an all-black alliance that is happening during this time that is existing, but we do not know about it currently, but, like, we know. Like, if you watch the season and you listen to interviews afterwards, like, we know. We know there is an all-black alliance happening. So, like, Earl, Cassandra, and Dreams are tight. So, Dreams is in the middle of this whole debacle. And everybody at this point is like, Boo's got to go. Boo's got to go because Boo will win immunities and whatever. Like, like that plays into whether or not you'll win a million dollars. And spoiler alert, because everybody targets Boo, Boo wins immunity. And everyone's like, oh, fuck. Like, shit hits the fan at this point. And previously to this, Cassandra smoked everyone in touchy subjects like the queen that she is a social queen we stunned cassandra franklin just in case you are wondering we love her and she sent mookie to exile island so he's like there's gonna be revenge on cassandra but obviously that that doesn't happen (laughs) we love reparations anyway (laughs) shit (laughs) beer came up with that (laughs) I didn't think that was that funny, but I'm glad to, I'm glad to, was- I'm glad, I'm glad to delight the crowd. Anyway, <laughs> so Cassandra wins the reward challenge and sends Mookie to Exile Island, and he's like, oh, we're going to get revenge on Cassandra, but that doesn't play a role in anything until later, and then not really. So basically, we have these two alliances at war, and they both want to target a prime member of the opposite side. And Dreams Heard is in the middle of this. Dreams being the iconic survivor player that not many people are aware of is super iconic, but he is. He is very iconic player. And I'm going to tell you why. So he is technically a four horseman, but they treat him like a four, fourth wheel. In, turn, in like the greater scheme of things. And Dreams is very aware of his position in this game. But the four horsemen, 
after the immunity challenge, Boo wins immunity. And they're like, fuck, we can't just like go with the middle ground option and target Boo. So we're going to vote out Earl. But Earl has been on Exile Island many, many times. So there is a very strong chance that he has the idol. Really, Yao Man has the idol. But, like, that's not important to this part because it does not come into play. But there is a chance that Earl has the idol. But that is separate. So on the other side of things, the syndicate, they're like, we're going to target Alex because he is clearly the leader of the Four Horsemen. And then Dream spills this info to them that they're like, Mookie, who is one of the members of the Four Horsemen, has an idol. And by the way, Mookie, Dreams only knows that Mookie has an idol because Mookie finally spilled it to Dreams that he has an idol days after him and the other Four Horsemen find it. So, like, Dreams is well aware that he is left out of the loop in this alliance because he is the last person to know about this idol days after it is actually found. So Dreams, in an effort to remain loyal to the to the syndicate, tells – there's a lot of alliances at this point. But he is – telling the the syndicate that Mookie has an idol. And this is like a big revelation because idols are so new at this point. And he is like, Mookie has an idol. And they're like, shit. And Earl, which is like the title drop of this episode, he's like, is like, what does it look like? And then Dream's like, it's a turtle. And Dream's no and Earl knows what the idol is like at this point. He knows what the idol looks like, which is super smart on Earl's part, but that's a separate thing. That's just why he wins and why he's better than everybody that you've ever known. But Dreams tells them that Mookie has an idol. So now they are aware that Mookie has an idol and that Mookie is planning to play it on Alex. So then the other side is like, well, Earl has been on exiled five million times. So we have to put the idol on someone else. And Yao Man has also been on exile. So we're going to put the vote on Cassandra because she has not been on exile island. So she's not going to have an idol. But also because she sent me on Exile Island where I might find an idol. Then we're just going to be super bitter about that until the final three because we're just bitter people like that. And so the bitter the bitter group of three, which is Mookie, Alex, and Edgardo, if you are not following, are like, we're going to target Cassandra. And the other side is like, okay, Mookie has an idol. We need to switch the target from Alex to Mookie because at Mookie is going to play his idol on Alex because they're expecting us to play this idol on Alex. And they are debating back and forth between like, okay, Dreams is playing the middle. We know he's playing the middle. So we don't really know where to go from here because he keeps feeding us this information. But like, is it correct or is he just screwing us over? And then lo and behold, our queen of Survivor of all time, Stacey Kimball, like, Icon. I cannot tell you guys how much I love our queen, Stacey Kimball. Was she a bitch at the beginning? Yes. But I don't care because she was incredible in this episode. I'm just such a big fan. She was like, I don't want to align with Alex and Mookie and Edgardo because that's not where the numbers are. I'm like, girl, I feel that. She knows where her bread is buttered in this episode. She was like, no, we're not going in that direction. Because she was on a tribe with Alex originally, but like, fuck that. So she's on the syndicate side. And she's just like, guys, if they're going to throw an 
idol between Alex and Mookie. Why don't we just vote out Edgardo, who is the least likely person to have the idol at this point? And then Earl is like, why don't we vote out Edgardo? And then obviously that gets reinforced and everyone's like, oh my God, this is a genius plan. So the syndicate agrees at this point that they're like, we need to take the third option in this vote and vote out the person that is least likely to have the idol, which is Edgardo in this case. And on the other side of things, which is like the side we care the least about is the four horsemen. And they're like, guys, like Cassandra is least likely to have the idol. So we're just going to vote for Cassandra. Now, the four horsemen tell Dreams that they're voting for Cassandra, but then the other side, the syndicate, tell Dreams that they're voting for Mookie when they're really voting for Edgardo. Because So, fast forward, we are at Tribal Council, and everyone is like, this is the big event of the day, guys. And the syndicate votes for Edgardo, and the other side votes for fuck who they vote they vote for Cassandra they vote for Cassandra no no they vote for Cassandra our queen and then dreams who is loyal to the syndicate but they don't really know that yet they he votes for Mookie because he thinks that's who they're voting for so go into tribal council and then Alex confidently plays the idol for himself he's like Jeff I'm not ready to go home yet so he plays the idol for himself (laughs) and he's just like let me just drop this off to you, sir. And then Jeff is obviously like, this is a real Im- hidden immunity idol. Any votes cast for Alex will not count. And then they start reading the Cassandra votes, which are the four horsemen. And they're all super confident and shit. And there's like, we got one on them. And then they start reading the votes for, they read a vote for Mookie, which is like, that's Dream's vote. It's fine. Whatever. He'll make up for it later. And then... They start reading the Edgardo votes and everyone on the Four Horsemen, their faces just drop and they're like, oh shit, we play this wrong. And they're like, oh fuck. So Jeff reads all the votes. The Four four Horsemen are defeated. The Syndicate gets one over them and Edgardo is voted out uh, at this point. I don't know what the exact numbers are, but he's voted out by a lot. Like the the syndicate wins over the four horsemen in the next two votes. Mookie and Alex follow right after him. The four horsemen are defeated. And because of this decision for not only Cassandra and Earl to make a decision to vote out the third person here, but also with dreams to side with the syndicate by voting for Mookie, we get our first all first and only all black final three in survivor history We get the best final three ever because I love them all so fucking much. And just like watch Survivor Fiji because it's incredible. (laughs) And just the season is so good. I mean, Chappelle, can you believe that this has devolved into a statement about watching Survivor Fiji? No, this? What? Here? (laughs) I don't know about that, Naomi. I'm I'm shocked. I don't know about that. (laughs) I know you all are shocked, but, like, also watch Survivor Fiji because it's so good. But this episode is specifically why it's good because there are people in the season that are willing to backstab people they've been living with for weeks, and they're just like whatever we want a black winner and they got a black winner because like it's just such a good final three i'm sorry and it's just a very good blindside and it's very multifaceted but also it ends up in like the it gives us a new 
evolution of Survivor, which is like take the third option. So like you think they're your only choices are between the two biggest threats, which in this case would have been Alex, who is considered the leader of the Four Horsemen, and Mookie, who is the one with the idol. But like sometimes you just need to dwindle the numbers and vote out the person that is least likely to have the idol, which in this case is Edgardo and becomes a very iconic episode of survivor which is why it's a turtle is worth watching and survivor fiji is just a great season i'm sorry like i hope earl listens to this so he could just nod along and be like she's right this is a very iconic season you're right yeah congrats congrats to us we 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 ate this season (laughs) we were fed you know you, I, I love when you brought up Stacy because I, you, 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 you gloss over this because I know you love Stacy, but we cannot, we cannot understand how much these people hated Stacy. The reason why <laughs> Cassandra wins the, uh, the, uh, the challenge is because every time something negative goes up, she votes for Stacy. She's like, it's Stacy. Yes. <laughs> Who, who's the raggediest member of the challenge? Stacy. What I Stacey. least want to see after this, Stacy. Who smells the word? Stacy. You know, like this is like on her ass also, the entire episode. Isn't is it Stacy's Stacy's hair is like jacked the whole season? God bless her. Right, like her hair so- is just like. <laughs> Stacy is doing her best, but she has been. She has been very rude up until this point. It takes it like a champ because if I was Stacy, I would have set the entire camp on fire after the touchy subjects challenge. And she does not do that. So points for Stacy Kimball. If you're watching this, if you're listening to this, it'd be like, do I have stands, girl? Yes, you do. Because I would die for you personally. There's a most underrated part of this episode for sure is just how much everybody hates Stacey. No one says one positive <laughs> thing about her this entire episode, even to the point where y'all man and her are sitting on the beach and she's like, he's like, Stacey, who are you gonna vote for? She's like, you know, I don't really want to work with Alex and them. Uh, who should I vote for? He's like, look, I don't care who you vote for, just don't vote for Earl. Like she's like, so should why should I just vote? Like, I just vote for a random person. He's like, it's not random, Stacey. Just do what I told you to do, just don't vote for <laughs> Earl. It's like, damn, y'all man, can you get off her neck? No, yes. they will never get out of Stacey's neck. I don't know what she did to these people, but they are sick of her shit. Honestly, like, I kind of hated her in the pre-merge, but then, like, in the merge, I was like, no, I stand this woman so <laughs> hard, and if anybody says anything negative about her, it's on site. And <laughs> I feel like that decision paid off for me in the long run. But also, we get an all-black final three in this season, and I feel like <laughs> we just need to remind people about that, even if you hate that fact, but, like, it's a fact. Too. Yeah, I'm gonna make a I'm gonna make a YouTube thumbnail later. This is like woke Viver, like <laughs> it used to be a picture of me holding is my butt. This the light. worst <laughs> final three of all time. Yeah. Um, oh my god! I hope that we stand, I hope that man we... never finds peace in his life. Whoever that motherfucker is who makes those YouTube thumbnails, like uh, you know who I'm talking yeah. about. Listen, oh yeah, yeah. No, I, I get it. I know exactly who you're talking about. But we stand, Eric Hall, sir. Cassandra mm-hmm. Franklin and dreams heard so hard on this podcast and I will fight anyone that thinks differently about any of them I'm sorry none of it is up to for debate great job Gia that was a great recap I I, I love that episode so much and when you were talking about it I was like oh yeah I remember those moments good times <laughs> I really I really wanted to re-watch the episode today and I just drank too much and then I was like <laughs> it's not happening 
You said, I got this. I got this from memory. I, no, it's fine. I memorized this episode at this point. I only watched, I only I watched watch it was a couple months ago, so it's fine. Yeah. So I locked in. The only thing I don't like about this blind side is that I know that later on, Edgar goes on record and says that he wasn't really blindsided. Like he knew it was going to be him. It's just I don't that get, there was no, nothing no. to do. No, I don't get that though because there absolutely was something that they could do because they clearly say in like the first episode of the fucking season that you can play the idol for whoever the hell you fucking want. So even if Alex had the idol, he could play it for Edgardo in the episode. I think Edgardo would have had to pry the idol out of Alex's cold dead hands. Like I just don't think there's any way he's getting that from him. But like Um, if they knew, if they were like, okay, Edgardo is definitely getting blindsided here then Alex could have easily just played the idol for Edgardo here. And mm, it would have been fine. And then Cassandra would have gone home, which would have been hell on earth for me personally. Mm. But it, it was a possibility. And they didn't do that because Alex played the yeah. idol for himself. himself. And yeah. honestly, like, that's their fault. And I'm sorry that you're the inferior alliance, but I don't care because, like, Dreams, Cassandra, and Earl are always going to be the final three of that season, and that's going to live with me forever. Look at God. Look at God. Look at God doing God's work. I love it. That's that's two blind sides in a row where God does God's work. Eventually, God just gives up on us, Um, and that's when we talk about David versus Goliath and the, the outcome of that season, but Maybe that's a lighter. Is it time? <laughs> Listen, they were, God was on some sh- sick shit at that point because <laughs> I was, no, 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 I'm explaining it because I was rooting very hard for Davey, Rickenbacker, and they made it so that Davey was sixth place. So I watched the finale just to watch him get voted out first in that mm-hmm. fucking season. And then I have to watch the rest of the episode because I already just watched him get voted out. And then obviously he doesn't win. And I'm very sad about it. Like, that was very sick of them. Like, if he had gotten voted out of Final Seven, I feel like I wouldn't have even had to watch the finale. You don't don't care how Kara Kay does in the finale? I didn't, oddly enough. And I know (laughs) that's quite a controversial take. But I didn't, and I suffered for it because I watched Davey get voted out, and then I was just, like, in the void for Final Five onward. Yeah, I know. But, you know, on the bright side, you cannot escape Davey on Twitter. So it's fine. Like, we get so much Davey now. Davey got banned on Twitter. I'm stuck with him in real life. So, uh, you know, I I, I got enough of that. But, Naomi, I did have a rooting interest even once Davey went home because, as you know better than most people, Somebody was robbed this season. Yeah, Gabby you happen to know what it was. Yeah, Gabby, Gabby energy. She was robbed. Uh, if you know me, you know that somehow I've turned Mike White into my personality. Um, <laughs> my name is Naomi Calhoun. I have a podcast called Mike White Was Robbed. And this is the history of the Davids blindsiding the Goliaths with their iconic minority vote split. Okay, where do we start? Where do we begin? I think we should begin at the start of the episode, which is do it. That yeah, Elizabeth not? has just gone home. They got their beautiful blue buffs, which I have to say, one of my favorite buffs, one of my favorite merge buffs of the whole show. Um, Elizabeth has just gone home. Angelina just pandered to her for her jury vote and said, I'll see you later. Um, I, I doubt they talk now. Um, but the Davids <laughs> are sitting there thinking, girl, what do we do? There is Davy, Nick, what? Gabby, Christian, 
We hate him. Carl. Not Christian. Not Christian. <laughs> Gabby, Christian, Carl, Davy, Nick. And these guys have no idea what to do because they are five against, I believe it's eight, seven. Something oh, like six? that. Yeah. Six, seven, eight. Wait, you know what? <laughs> before, before some motherfucker jumps into my chat to be like, oh, actually, it was fucking. He's up in the math It's six. It's six to five, which is why this tenuous vote split works so well. So. To set the scene, the other episode, Nick had found a clue that's now on a bunch of fucking t-shirts um, that points you to a tree. They don't know where the tree is, even though it's a very big tree on the island. But okay, you don't know where that tree is until this episode. Um, and so Davey says, all right, give me a stick. And he just starts whipping the stick around. And he's uh, trying to, creating a diversion, creating a diversion. Um, and Nick and Carl find the vote steal, but... They don't fucking use it, so it doesn't matter. I don't know why I'm even talking about it. But um, Davey has had an idol since day four because he's a legend and we love that about him. But he has kept this idol so secret. Even when Nick finds the vote steal and then Carl goes, oh, my God, I have an immunity idol nullifier. Davey says, absolutely fucking not. You're not going to get a fucking word out of me. Davey, Davey understood, you know, do not talk to the police unless the lawyer is present. Like, do not <laughs> go to the idol unless the lawyer is with you. Um, oh especially to hot cop Dan. Absolutely not. Do not talk to the police. Um, and so oh my god, nice wait. <laughs> There's a just watch Davey's exit interview about his voting confessional. The episode Dan gets voted out. Never mind. Just move okay, forward. Well, that that's just a little that's a little yes. uh, uh, Easter egg for the folks at home. Yes. Um, so Angelina, there's a very funny moment where Angelina's like, I think we should vote out Christian. And everyone's like, yeah, shut the fuck up, Angelina. And then Mike White is like, what if we vote out Christian? And everyone's like, Mike White, you are so smart. I can't believe that we get to be on this island with you, the guy who wrote School of Rock. And so the Goliaths decide that they're going to vote for Christian. And everybody's getting a weird sense. But very specifically, um, Alec, Alec Merlino uh, tells Nick, hey, I'm actually going to be on the White Lotus season one. I'm going to get my SAG card. <laughs> also, you should watch out because Christian's going to go home. It's not you. Don't worry about it. We'll keep the transphobes in this game. It's whatever. But the Christian's going to go home. So... Nick takes that information, brings it to the Alliance, and the Alliance decides, okay, what should we do with this? And Davey makes uh, objectively the correct choice for his Alliance, although the outcome in the end, you know, could we have made a better choice? Who's to say? Um, But Tribal Council, this is, this Tribal Council is so good because every time you watch these moments, starting from, you know, the, they go to vote and then does anybody have an immunity idol? Now is the time to play it. You can just see Nick in the background going like, oh my God, what's going to happen? And Davey gets his ass up and says, Jeff, can I say something? I'm more nervous. I'm nervous for me, but I'm more nervous for Christian. This one's for Christian. And you're just like, what a guy. Yes. I love him. He is a genius. He's the moment. He's legend. What? And that is such a good delivery, too, because you can see that all the fucking Goliaths are like, oh, we got smarted them. Again, they have no idea that we're targeting the most obvious winner of all winners at it to <laughs> fucking live. And you can see panic 
amongst the entire group because they all voted for Christian. They did not split their votes 3-3. They did not even think about it. They just all voted straight on Christian. So Angelina, God bless her soul, knows that she might get a vote or two, turns to hot cop Dan and is like, Dan, we have to do it. Now, what do we have to do? Play an idol on Angelina and save Angelina's ass. It's literally like no other outcome except for Angelina being like, please save me. I want to be in this game because I am the main character in my entire story and we love her. Um, And (laughs) my favorite moment of this entire scene is when uh, Dan eventually plays the idol on Angelina. She goes, first she goes, did you say who you're playing it for? Like micromanaging his idol play. So funny, micromanaging his idol play. But then also she goes, that's my angel right there. <laughs> She's building her resume, Naomi. Damn. She's like, did look what I did. you ever know that you're my hero? Listen, hot, hot topic, but I would have voted for Angelina because of this moment alone. <laughs> Uh, I, you know what? I'm actually going to start a new podcast. It's called Lyrissa Was Robbed because I miss her. And I wish she, if she would have been at this merge, people would have had their asses chewed out from day one. It would have been incredible. Um, but yes, Angelina going, that's my angel right there. It's never not funny. It's one of the funniest moments of David versus Goliath because this man just gave up one of his two idols for this bitch he does not even like. He hates her. He hates her. <laughs> he hates her. And I, God, I wish he had said no because it would have been even funnier because obviously he gets out of this by being like, well, I played an idol on you. But if he had said no and then she had lived to tell the tale, it would have been like (laughs) elite tier survivor season. (laughs) Not that it's not already. Um, Okay, so then Dan plays the idol on Angelina. That's my angel right there. And there's this moment where uh, the votes are being read, right? Nick doesn't play his vote seal or anything. It's Christian, 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 Angelina, Angelina. And then Nick just goes, now what? You smug bastard. Like, you just right. know. <laughs> huh? Now what? What's going to happen now? <laughs> so good. And then, bam. Three votes for the mayor of Slamtown. R.I.P. John, you died for Angelina's sins. And we hate that. We hate that. God, I love John. And I think that John, like, would be a hilarious person to bring back for a survivor. Like, like a ghost island part two almost um and the other part is uh that either nick or davy says that's from the top rope and that's elite commentary from the from the peanut gallery you know what i mean like you you gotta throw one or two more shots in while somebody is walking out the door after their ass has just been completely blindsided um and i know it's not in this episode and it's not part of this blindside but i one of my favorite confessionals of all time is Davy just going, I got his jacket. <laughs> <laughs> like, that Angelina was honest. could not get the that jacket, but Davy could. That was uh, the jacket continuation of the season is just one of my favorite storylines. It's so good. And yeah. I did crack up at that confessional as well. <laughs> and that's the story of the Davids blindsiding the Goliaths using their own hubris and taking a slingshot to get him right between the eyes. Thank you so much. <laughs> Woo! I I do want to add that one of my favorite parts about this blind side is that the viewers as well are also just like not aware of the fact that John is going home this episode. Like there's very yeah. there's enough information that you're like, okay, this makes sense. But 
not enough where it's like very obvious that he's the one going home here. Yeah. I thought hot cut Dan was gone. You know, I thought he was out of here. Um, you know, obviously like he would have been like, he played the idol for Angelina, which would make you think like, Oh yeah. What if you play for Angelina and then you go home, but for his Lieutenant, you know, his second in command to go home like this, it's so good. I love when that happens on survivor. The bond, the bond starts even better when it's not the person who wants to go, like who you would think is going home, who is like the obvious head of the snake. I love when it's their, their partner in crime because then you get to see the head of the snake just inhale the next episode. Um, <laughs> yeah, because you know. Dan Dan has immunity. So yeah. he just, you can just see how much he resents Angelina for being yes. there. Like yes. I could have used my idol to save my, my friend. Best and it's friend. like you're here. Yes, and so the next episode, it's just like, oh, Angelina's still here. She's like, thank you, thank you for playing that on me. I, I am the main character. He's like, I hate you, I hate you. It should have been you, damn it. Um, so good. Oh Listen, man, that season's so good. It's so good. Angelina is just like a top tier character on Survivor. Um, she had left any earlier than she did, which was the finale where she did not leave. She was just there. Um, I would have rioted because I, such a good character. I have always loved that Angelina is wearing her dress backwards on the show. Like she what? said, Wait. Tyler Perry, you pervert. You're not going to get a goddamn shot of me. I'm putting this dress all the way up to the, the clavicle. <laughs> it's so great. Oh, man. Um, again, this is a great blindside. It's so good because this is like the Goliaths. They take they they are down in the numbers, they're down and out. They've been losing a bunch of challenges or whatever. Their hearts are hurting, and the, and the Goliaths are playing in the David's face a lot. They're just like, hey, you guys, y'all are next. And I'm sorry, it's David versus Goliath. But the Davids, they just keep, they just keep like bouncing back. There's so much resilience in this uh this tribe. They have so many little slingshots, if you will, with their nullifier and the bulk steel and all this other stuff. So seeing this happened was so good because it kept the season interesting this season would have been so boring had the the goliath just ran over the davids completely you know it's it's like mm -hmm. it's not a straight shot to the end it's a great season of television um i do love that you point out that davy decided to use uh, a twirling a stick to um to distract the white people they're like look at those negro, negro hijinks again you know everybody got distracted <laughs> and they managed to, to do this thing um, and it pays off dividends. The only the only flaw with this blind side is that it does lead to a eventual uh, winner. That again, God took his finger off the button a little bit. You know, he just took his took his head, took his foot off the gas and let other things happen. And that's okay. We were fed previously. Other blind sides have gone our way. Not all of them will end in a triumphant winner that we could get behind. Yeah, and that's Mike why White I don't believe robbed. in God is because Mike White lost. <laughs> it's because Mike White was robbed. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Guys, we just went through our first episode of Slash Woo! Survivor. I had a great time. Absolutely. And Gia, I just want to say next time you're in New York, we will use my Outwit Outfit ah! Last Shot glasses. Oh, my God. No, like literally the only thing I care about right now is being able to use those shot glasses. With Zach Hortenberger, you're not the only one, girl, okay? <laughs> I want those shotguns so bad. I'm so glad that we're going to get to share yeah. them. I'm so excited. And then we can I'm have so, a moment of signed photo of the queen. Thank you. I, I just want to touch it. Can I just like hold that? Can I, I touch I've, it? I've never, no. I've never seen Sandra Chappelle. in my life. And so that's the closest I'm going to ever get to seeing her. Chappelle, mm -hmm. on the premiere night of Survivor 44, Jordan Kalish sent me a picture of his autographed picture of Dreams Heard. 
And oh. I like I yes. I'm like, what the fuck? Like you all are just having this great time getting pictures of Dreams Art without me. And I'm so pissed about it. And still, I'm just like very upset about it to this day. And I'm just I need to take part in that tomfoolery. Yes, same. I gotta yeah. meet some of these legends. This has been a great time. I had such a good yes. time being drunk on here talking about survival. I'm telling you, you got look, we gotta figure out how to round the crew up for like drunk project runway or something Ugh. like that. Wait till you yeah. hear my oh. Yeah, I got I got some I got yes. some early takes, you know, but uh we stand Queen Uli with her crazy colors and crazy prints. Uh and if you give me a couple shots, I can tell you all about it. <laughs> Listen. We are on board with all of that. And guys, I am so thankful that this is our first episode of Slosh Survivor. I am so happy with the final product. I'm so happy that you two are the guests that we have for this episode and that this has just been so much fun. And guys, like, this has been great. I'm, I, I haven't had time to edit through everything yet, but like, I'm sure it will be great, whatever it ends up being, but I had a great time. So thank you both so much for taking time out of your Sunday night to join me in all of this tomfoolery. And I need to ask now, thank you both for joining us for Slash Survivor, but also where can people follow you? And is there anything that you would like to promote that you can remember right now? Because we've all been drinking a lot. Chappelle, what's your Threads username? I'm not on Threads yet. I'm also not on Threads. So you guys are missing out on an occasional tweet from Rob. Uh, look, I would like to join Threads, but my Instagram name and my Twitter name are not the same. And so if I were to join Threads, my Instagram name will not be at Chappelle's underscore show because some idiot on Instagram already has it. And so I can't have my name on threads anymore and I'm disgusted. And so I'm kind of boycotting because I want my name. Um, okay. I have to rebrand. You see, I, I put my, my Instagram name right here in the, uh, in, in, in the picture. It's Chappelle TNT. Um, because if I do get threads, that's where you can follow me. If not, you can just catch me on Twitter at Chappelle's <laughs> underscore show um, where I'm talking about all the, the upcoming podcasts and stuff I got going on, I guess. And so um, and I'm, I have been drinking, so I'm not going to try to name those things. But yeah, just follow me on Twitter and I'll tell you what to what to listen to, listen for, listen in to for. Yeah. Yes. 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 All right, Naomi, where can people follow you? And is there anything you would like to promote? Let me tell you, we got a couple of very exciting things going on. Hey, yes. we have the Project Runner recaps from the Fashion Forward friends, me, Gia and Nicole, um, where we're talking about Project Runway. New episode coming soon. About the red bolt of fabric challenge. That was crazy. I want to talk about it. That was crazy. (laughs) There was was a lot. I felt a lot of emotions in this episode. I did too. Leave Anna alone. She didn't (laughs) do nothing. She didn't do nothing to nobody. It's not her fault they like her damn uh, crinkles. It's not her fault that Brandon Maxwell has no goddamn taste. That part. That part. Um, Laura should have been in the top three that's all I'm saying (laughs) you guys are definitely going to want to hear the next two episodes we have a fighting a genius podcast me and Joshua Felix because Gia you were just on talking about scamming horse race great episode Um, and coming up we have special guest Will Kama Davis who has an exceptional episode 
And Dwight Moore from Survivor 43 joins us to talk about uh, Kong's Dilemma. And it's going to be a really fun time. So tune into those episodes coming soon to the Silent Podcast feed near you. I've heard of Dwight Moore before, but like. Yeah. I mean, you could do a whole Drunk History episode on what the fuck happened to him. Yes. Let me do that. I'm still bitter. But listen, I hope Dwight Moore listens to this podcast because I do want him to eventually be a guest on here so we can protest his uh, elimination. He's he's gonna be that meme that's like fuck Nelly, fuck Ti, fuck. Why you say fuck me? <laughs> um. All right. So you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Classically Gia for all of my Instagram shenanigans, for all of my reality TV shenanigans, and uh, what else is happening right now. Oh, yeah, I just recorded an episode of Sister Act, the Claim to Fame recap podcast with my sister, Ariana, and I'm so happy that we are finally back. We are obviously still on silent podcast with Make It Work, our Project Runway Week recap podcast, and I'm sure we'll have some other great stuff happening throughout the summer now that I'm out of separate obligations, and I'm very happy to finally have Naomi and Chappelle in one place to talk about some of our favorite blind sides in Survivor history. So thank you both for joining me on the this very new journey for Slosh Survivor. I'm happy to be a part of it and I'm happy for the hangover that I'm going to experience tomorrow. I am so excited to come in late to work tomorrow for because of this podcast. Half an hour late specifically, which I have done before, but this is a special occasion. So I feel like this is what is called for right now this will be the second time i get on twitter and see naomi blaming me for one of her hangovers um <laughs> the first one was warranted the first I, all i saw i think the tweet was i got home i got to work and then within five minutes the, show, the hangover kicked in thanks Chappelle. <laughs> yeah it was it was now after what okay what a tuesday if- party <laughs> and I just sat at my desk and I was like, okay, time oh, is working. This- and I just went like, <laughs> like <laughs> wait, okay, wait, is this the karaoke party? The famous karaoke party that was not able to join? The yes. karaoke party where uh, Chappelle yes. did a good job, but everyone else was screaming into a microphone. Yeah. Yes, yes exactly. I'm an underrated oh. karaoke, uh, karaoke guy. I'm, I'm like, I'm clutch. I grabbed you the knew, mic off of knew. somebody and then, and then I- Shay showed up. It got really blurry. I don't remember. <laughs> I thought I am terrible at karaoke, but I love having fun at karaoke. So I do feel that very much so. <laughs> all right. Thank you all for joining us for our very first episode of Slosh Survivor. I hope we have more in the future, but probably spaced apart because we did quite a bit of drinking this episode and I care about my health. So thank you all for joining us. And I hope you support us on Silent Podcast and all of our other endeavors. And hopefully we have a new episode very shortly. So stay tuned. Bye. <laughs>